little bit because I'm having to stand in front of these. Open your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 32. Can you see me in the light? Okay, good. 1 Samuel 17, 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine and uh, fight with him. You're but a youth. And he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there was a lion or a bear uh, and came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him. And I struck him. And I delivered the lamb out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and I struck him and I killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. We all remember the story, the day that God led a boy while all the soldiers were hunkered down in, uh, in their foxholes, and a 10-foot-tall giant defied the armies of God. What a great day that was for the glory of God. Amen. Two Sundays ago, on the last day of our 21-day fast, we made a proclamation. We proclaimed that this was not the end of our fast. No, but it was the beginning, hallelujah, the end, excuse me, the end of the beginning of our fast because we were beginning a new reset in God and our God is resetting us in his number one principle of faith. All of you remember by now 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 that says if my people, everyone say if, my people which are called by my name will, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face. Then, everyone say then. Amen. Then will I hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and heal their land. Think about that. The Lord said, I will heal your land. I will heal your city. I will heal your community. So that God's number one foundational principle of faith is if my people, then I. If my people, then I. And so the Lord has is reset us in that principle, bringing us into conformity in our daily lives and our actions. If my people will get back to relationship with God on a daily basis, in the details of our life, in the secret areas of our life, turn away in your quiet private life. Turn to me, then I will hear from heaven. I'll pour out my anointing. You'll see me move. You'll see me answer prayer. I'll heal your land. So this is the new reset God has called us to. 
And so we must continue, though we have maybe ended our 21-day fast, we have begun a lifestyle change of leading a fasted life, going in and out of fasting, never ceasing to pray, as Paul said, praying continuously, walking with Jesus, for that's how Jesus walked with the Father, continuously with unbroken fellowship. So too, we must continue to seek Him as Lord of our private challenges. Do you have any private challenges in your life? Amen. The Lord knows that you do. He knows that I, that I do. And so we must seek Him and press in and seek Him as Lord of our private challenges and not fall back into self-reliance. And just be a Christian when we get out around other Christians in a, in a public setting. So that he can lead us into victories in our public life. God wants you to be victorious in your public life like David was that day. But David had been obedient in his private life. So that he would have relationship with God when he faced the giants publicly. Can you say amen? So let me say to you that serving the Lord with prayer and fasting brings God into your private life. That's why God calls people on fast, because he sees their private life is the works are kind of gummed up. And, and he sees that outwardly things may be appearing to be fine, but in our private life, he knows that we're not fine. And that's what fasting is for. It's bringing us into that place where we get cleaned up and get solidly reconnected with him. So if you... Now remember, God said, if you, then I. If you, then I. So if you will confront your private challenges through your daily fellowship with God, He will prepare and He will qualify you for the victories in the public battles of life. Remember, if my people, then I will. So if you're willing to expose all of your small private details to God in prayer and in fasting, holding none of them back, if you are willing to let Him lead you in solving your internal struggles, if you're willing to be faithful to Him in the small details of your life, then He has promised to make you His champion when the giants challenge you publicly. And they will. David faced Goliath with what I call victory fortified faith. You know when you get those cereals from Kellogg's, they say vitamin fortified. Now I don't know if they actually shoot vitamins into those little lumps of wheat and sugar, but they say that they do. But I'll tell you this, when David faced Goliath that day, he didn't face Goliath with beliefs. He faced Goliath with victory-fortified faith because he had let God develop his faith through his daily use of it. Can you say amen? amen? You know, by the time David confronted Goliath, all he saw was another wild animal trying to attack the flock. Do you remember... What he had said, David had said, well, I fought the lion, I fought the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be like one of them. So when he saw Goliath, he just saw another bear, another lion. Amen. If you want giant killing faith, 
practice on your daily lions and bears. When the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith, because he had been teaching them, if you want to move with God's hand upon you like you see me moving, it takes faith. Why, if you have faith, even the grain of a mustard seed size, and you can plant it, you can speak to the mountain a little bit. So they had heard him talk about how faith was, was his communion with the Father. So he went, they, they went to him in Luke chapter 17. They said, Jesus, increase our faith. Because they realized they had little faith. But Jesus explained to them they don't need their faith increased. What they need is they need to put it to use in their daily life. That was his parable about the servant serving you out in the field. And then when you come home to eat, make it serve you dinner too. So you need to use your faith for everything in your life, in your daily life, and your faith will be more than adequate when you face challenges and battles. Can you say praise the Lord? Using daily faith against daily threats trains God's vision into your faith. Many people's faith is based only on the beliefs that they read in the Bible, and they agree with those, and thank God for it. Thank God that you agree with what the Bible says. But God wants you to have victory-infused faith. He wants to train true God-like faith into your faith. So if you use your faith against daily threats, you'll have God's vision when you look at the challenges of life. Remember, again, that David said, when Saul said, do you see this great giant? And, and, and since his youth, he's been a warrior. You can't go after him. But David said, that's not the way I see it. David said, let me tell you how I see it. I have looked in the eyes of a lion that tried to eat me. I looked in the face of a bear that tried to rip me apart. And in those cases, and he said lions, plural, bears, plural. So this was a practice in his life. He didn't just have one testimony. Oh, I remember one time many years ago I fought a lion. But he did this constantly as a little shepherd boy. Every time the wild animals attacked in his life, he fought them and slew them. He said, so when I look at Goliath, I see God's perspective. He's just another animal trying to rob sheep from the flock. So when you are faithful against the threats that challenge you privately in your life, when there's no one else watching, when it doesn't matter to anyone else, there's no testimony, so to speak, that's going to be tarnished. If you do things in your own strength and you don't serve the Lord, you don't, uh, you don't honor Him with your faith. If when you are in those private challenges daily in life, you use your relationship with God when no one else is watching, then the Holy Spirit will train your faith to see things as God sees them for what they really are. So instead of being the end of the world, it's just another threat. But the reason why Christians get constantly maneuvered through their circumstances by the enemy into situations and they feel like dying and they feel like this is the end of the world is because in the daily challenges and threats of life, they use their own wisdom and their own strength, which is fine. You should use the wisdom God's given you. Use the strength. But without prayer, without fasting on a regular basis, without beginning your day with the Lord and in communion with Him, you're facing those challenges in your strength, 
in your wisdom. And you can argue all you want and say, well, it's the wisdom God gave me and it's the strength God gave me and it's the abilities God gave me. But uh, David was operating with more than just the mind and the strength God had given him. That day when he showed up, he said, the Lord is in me, the Lord's with me. And even King Saul said, the Lord is with you. Go on, go get him. The Lord is with you. So, you will see those giants that come out against you for what they are. Just another threat and not the end of your life or the end of the world. But let me say this about Saul. Goliath was too big for Saul's faith. And so Saul, if you remember the story, tried to rent a man that could go and use his faith to believe God. If you re recall, before I actually, um, in the scriptures, just before the one that I opened up with, the scripture says that Saul offered to pay money and to give rewards to any warrior that would go out and have faith to take on Goliath. So he's walking around saying, Goliath's too big for me. I can't handle this, but I'll tell you what, I'll give an offering to anybody that can believe God and get a victory over this thing. So when he sees David show up, who's not a military man, he's barely a man, he's just a young man, and yet David has this amazing confidence and gives this testimony about how he had fought the lions and bears in his private daily life and prevailed, and this was nothing more than just a lion and a bear to him, another one trying to rob the... Saul's faith rose up. Saul all of a sudden had faith. He didn't have any faith with, with his own relationship with God, but he had faith in David's relationship with God. And unfortunately, many Christians have faith in other people's relationship with God, but they don't have faith in their own relationship with God. Because when it comes to the lions and bears of daily life, we handle them in our own strength. And those are the opportunities God gives you to develop overcoming Goliath defeating faith in your life. It's when you deal with those things, those entrenched, difficult, tenacious little foxes in your private life. They're there to train you. They're there to bring you into communion with the Lord and use your fellowship with the Father to deal with those issues of life. Can you say amen? amen? When you don't use your relationship with God for daily challenges, you're not going to find it when the giants come calling. You'll be reaching, but it won't be for Jesus. You'll be reaching for money. You'll be reaching for somebody to call up on the phone or anything in the natural because that's where you have been going to find the resources to deal with the problems in your daily life. But faith that is not used for daily battles turns into what we call weak faith. Or I like to call it seasonal faith. Christians love to have seasonal faith. They love to wait for the revival season. And most of the time they claim that they are in a dry season. God's turned off the faucet. This is a dry season. I have an excuse. God has put us into a dry season. Did you know that the Lord is an eternal spring of living water? He doesn't have dry seasons. But Christians love to tie their faith to seasons. So faith that's not used in daily battles becomes 
seasonal faith. And one of the greatest examples of these is found in John's Gospel, chapter 5, where Jesus goes to the Pool of Siloam and he finds a lame man that's been living there at the edge of the pool for, I don't know, what, 37 years? Something like that. A long time. Lame. And uh, the Bible says that uh, on occasion an angel would descend from heaven, stir up the waters in the pool, and of all the blind and the lame and the crippled people that were lying around the pool, they would make their way towards the water. The first one to drop in would get healed. Isn't that amazing? I don't think we have anything like that nowadays, but they had that apparently in Jerusalem. So Jesus walks up to the lame man and who's been there for, you know, a good half a lifetime. And he, and he asked the man, will you be made whole? And listen to the answer that the man had. The man said to him, when Jesus said, will you be made whole? He said, sir, I have no man to help me into the water when it stirs. I believe in the stirring of the water. I've seen people get healed. But when you ask me, will I be made whole, I don't have a person to help me into that water. When the season of revival comes, I always end up being left out. Are you listening to what he's saying? You see, Jesus doesn't wait for miracle seasons. The lame man had trained his own faith to depend on seasons and to depend on people. But Jesus doesn't limit himself to miracle seasons. And I want to say something in just support of this idea that the angel came and stirred the water. It's not that there isn't such a thing as seasons, because there is. There certainly are seasons of revival. And there are seasons of dryness. In fact, the entire world that we live in runs on the cycle of seasons. And it is also so oftentimes in spiritual things, in the church, in the body of Christ, that there are seasons. Seasons do come and go. But I'm here to tell you that even though God created the cycle of seasons, He Himself is not limited to them. And we should never limit our faith to the cycles that God created because He is above the circumference of the earth that revolves. In Him there is no shadow of turning. Can you say amen? So even though it wasn't the water-stirring miracle season, Jesus still said to him, I don't have time to argue with you, pick up your bed and walk. That was Jesus' answer when He said, I have no man. Take up your bed and walk. Christians love to tie their faith to seasons. Oh, there's, oh, it's a season of blessing. Oh, seasons of refreshing. Oh, our church isn't having seasons of refreshing. You ought to go over there. They're having seasons of refreshing. Oh, it's a, do you remember back in, do you remember back in 85 when we, it was a healing season? In the 80s, it was a healing season. Oh, it's a dry season. Today, it's a dry season. Hope we are praying. Our intercessors are on it. The intercessory team is praying, God, lift the drought. Lift, break up the dry season. Let, let the rains come, Lord. Meanwhile, there's a little David out there somewhere who's been praying and fasting. And every day, he's acting like Jesus doesn't have seasons. Every day in his life, he's dealing with the lions 
and the bears that are coming at him with the word and with his fellowship with God. And so here comes Goliath, who always takes advantage of dry seasons. And you could hear Saul say to David, Dude, it's a dry season. You can't go after this giant. And David said, Hey, I want with God there are no seasons. I've dealt with the lions and the bears and everything. He's just another lion. He's just another bear trying to rob the flock of God. Let me say this about seasons, even though God creates them. Seasons come to pass. People, they don't come to stay. They come to pass. That's why they're called cycles. This is winter. Some of you may have come down from up north. And you might be feeling, I don't, is this ever going to stop? The snow is up to wherever. I was there in 78, 79. I remember it. But the fact is, all seasons come to pass. The spring's going to come. The flowers are going to come. You know, and listen, there are, there are churches go through these seasons. They go through these uh, uplifting, these revival seasons. But seasons come to pass. And if you've ever read about the various revivals that happen throughout history, whether it's just localized in a church or truly a regional revival or an outpouring, they all end. They all come to pass. And when they pass, they take their resources and opportunities with them. The season's closed. I remember when I visited Hawaii. In the summertime, I was so excited. I wanted to go to the Bonsai Pipeline. I wanted to see those great big 30, 40, 50 foot waves. Kathy and I drove out there in Waimea Bay. We went out there and it was, it was level like glass. The water was just still. There were no surfers. There was no music. I was wanting to hear the Beach Boys. I was wanting to see the surfers. It was none of that, man. There was some old dude with a metal detector walking along by himself on, on the sand. I thought, what? Are we in the right place? I was in the right place, but it was out of season. The waves get big in the wintertime, not in August. So I was out of season. And so when the season passes, it takes the waves with it. It takes the resources with it. I know that. But the relationship you have with God is not seasonal. It's daily. And that's what this fasting and prayer is about. So I'm trying to pull on you today. Don't lapse back into a seasonal relationship with God. Hallelujah. But when the season passes, those that are used to running their faith seasonally, they go into low energy mode. I hate it when my computer, you can't wake the darn thing up. The thing goes into low energy mode and I just almost feel like shaking it to get it to wake up again. It's like, look, I've got some work to do. I've got to get, and this thing is just trying to come back up. Low energy mode. Do not put away, and they put their expectations away. They're not expecting, they're just dragging into church, ready for another service. And then when they walk out and say, it's just another service, well, duh. You walked in saying, oh, I'm just coming in for another. You weren't prepared to do anything. You hadn't fellowship with God before you left the house to get there, so what are you bringing? You're not bringing anything. You're bringing low energy faith, so why do you expect there to be anything more than a low energy service? Where do you think the anointing comes from? It comes from your daily life. Whatever you're doing in your daily life, you bring in here 
on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Thank God for that little hand clap. So I want to caution you, and this is a caution. Use your faith in private daily life. Don't save it for seasonal revivals. Listen, I had mentioned before that God did create seasons. He engineered natural life, natural life around us, and we live in a natural world, to turn and to generate through the birth, growth, death cycle, to generate natural life. That's how natural life generations go. Winter, spring, summer, fall. I was born. I was young. I'm getting older. Now I am old, and now I'm dying, and then someone else is going to take my place. So, you know, those cycles come and go. That's that's up and down and up and down and up and down. And every once in a while, someone will stick their head out of that train and go, oh, I wish this would stop. We just keep going around and around and around. You are stuck in natural cycles. It's called life. That's the way life goes. But when you got saved, Jesus called you out of natural cycles into the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you, James says in James 1.17, to worship the Lord because in Him there is no shadow of turning. Your world may be turning, night and day may be happening, but hey, stick your head out of the train once in a while, look up under the Lord. It's day all the time. He is the perpetual light. He never goes out of healing season into take a number season. Somebody say amen if you can. He is the ever-living, ever-radiant ever-effulgent God, and in Him is, the Bible says, the light of life. Hallelujah. You know, you are not going to open the Word of God, get on your face in the morning in a devotional time, have fellowship with God, and um, that light that you're receiving doesn't have deliverance, healing, and miracles in it. The Bible says He's not just the light, He is the light of L-I-F-E, life. The Zoe, resurrection life of God. If the life of Jesus is speaking in your heart, He's speaking healing, deliverance, power, and miracles at all times. He never separates Himself from the light. It's not just the light of comprehension, it's the light of resurrection. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me just say to you this morning that when God wanted an Isaac, when God wanted a John the Baptist, he paid no attention whatsoever to the out-of-season signs that were posted across the barren wombs of Sarah and Elizabeth. He just said, I'm going to get some children out of these two girls. And the two of them were way out of season, way, way out of season. Are you listening to me? God said, I don't pay attention to seasons. Hallelujah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So, in summary, don't lapse back into seasonal relationship with God. Because when I talk about faith, too many Christians have been trained to think believism. But when I talk about faith, we're talking about more than what you believe. We're talking about your relationship with God. If you want to know what is the status of your faith, let me tell you, it's no stronger than your actual daily fellowship with Jesus. 
Your faith is your fellowship with Jesus. If you truly believe God, if you really have not moving faith, then you're moving yourself out of your bed into the presence of God in the morning. If you can't move yourself in prayer and into the presence of the Lord and into fellowship with God, trust me, you aren't moving any mountains. If you can't move your own mountain, your faith... Let me say it again, synonymous with relationship with God. So when I talk about weak faith, strong faith, I'm talking about weak relationship with God, strong relationship with God. The, me the, the mess that the church got itself into years ago when, um, when everyone was talking about faith and simply believing God is they thought that faith was something they could have, exercise, and use no matter what kind of condition their relationship with God was in. And that's impossible because your faith is your relationship with God. Can you say amen? amen. Don't lapse back into seasonal relationship with God waiting for the waters to stir. God is waiting for you to stir yourself every single morning when you get up and to bring your life and to bring your faith with you to him and to get before him so that he can prepare you for the lions and bears that are going to come at you that day. And why would he do that? Because he knows there's a Goliath out there waiting for you. Might not be this week, might not be this month, might not even be this year, but when he comes, you will want to know that you have spent your life fellowshipping Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday start all over again. Not just when the pastor called a fast, not just when there was danger, but every single day of your life. It's what's called discipleship. It's what Jesus called for in Matthew 16, 24, when he said, take up your cross and follow me. If you want to come after me, if you want to speak to the mountain and see it move, if you want to see the signs and wonders that I said should proceed from the church, have a daily fellowship with me because Goliath is coming for you. And so not just you need to leave, live ready, but you will not even see how to engage him. You will see him as the end of your life when he shows up. You'll see him as the end of the line. You'll see him as <coughs> this is my crash and burn chapter in my life. When he shows up, if you can't see him as just another lion and as another bear that's trying to steal a lamb out of the flock. Every day, God gives you little lambs to take care of. Do it in prayer. Do it singing praises to God. Do it in fellowship. Do it praying in the Spirit. Do it in the Word. Confront everything you deal with in your daily life through fellowship with the Lord. You say, well, God's enabled me. I, you know, I've got, God's blessed me. I've got money. I could just buy that thing or, or I could just do that. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. It's not that God has given you strength and, and a mind to do those things. Yes, you're going to need them. But do them through your fellowship with God because he's training you. He's training you to live as a spiritual woman, as a spiritual man, rather than when the Titanic's going down, some you know, an uh, officer gets the bright idea to gather him and said, I think we need to pray. It's too late. The iceberg's eating the ship. You're going down. Nobody on that ship had time to pray or to fellowship with God. And so you can't wait for the season when Goliath shows up. The Lord's trying to prepare you. And let me just close before we have our altar call and, and point out something Going back to Saul, King Saul. Saul, all his life, as not only king, but as a military leader, <clears throat> had fought successfully, fought Philistines 
without any giants among them. He fought, you know, five and six foot Philistines. And he was quite good at it. He was successful at defeating what I would call regular Philistines. But he had fought those regular Philistines all his life without fellowship with God. He started out in relationship with God, but he quickly devolved into just another king, another military commander, who began to deal with the Philistines through the skills he had learned in warfare. So <clears throat> he relied on his military experience, and he also relied on the fact that God had called him and installed him as king. So he knew the Lord is with me. And, and when I fight these battles against the Philistines, I know that God has made me the big king. So God is on our side. You cannot defeat Goliath. You might be able to defeat regular Philistines with that God is on my side business and oh, I'm a Christian and oh, I got a Bible and oh, I go to church and oh, I pay my tithes. You might be able to fight and defeat regular Philistines, but you cannot face Goliath unless you have trained yourself to deal with the regular Philistines through your relationship with God. Can you say amen? One day Goliath showed up, and because he had not fought the regular Philistines through his relationship with God in his daily battles, Saul was completely unprepared for a giant Philistine. Now, faith that's left on the shelf until the giant shows up, there is a word for it. It's called Someone want to guess? What do you call faith that's, you keep it on the shelf until the giant shows up? It's called hope. It's called hope. You can't, you can't beat Goliath with hope. You want to know why? Hope doesn't happen till tomorrow. Hope is futuristic. That Goliath, that giant, he's in front of you right now. You can't beat him with hope. Faith is now. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is, I don't have the substance, but I hope one day this is going to work out. Are you listening to me? So, if you leave faith on the shelf in your daily life, when the giant shows up, you're going to have hope. And you're going you're gonna to have to face him with hope. Hope is for tomorrow. Faith is for right now. Do not be lulled into a false sense of confidence because you've been able to handle regular Philistines. Don't think, hey, I'm, a, I'm, I'm doing good in my walk with the Lord. You know, my life's going good. I've been going along week after week, month after month. The Lord's blessing us. There's food on our table. And, uh, you know, we're living a blessed life. It could all fall apart in a heartbeat. And you'll be scrambling, reaching out with hope trying to call on God, reaching for your relationship with God, and it's, it's not there. Because you've been trusting and believing that because your regular life with the regular Philistines is going along and you couldn't manage it by yourself, that you're going to overcome. And so I want to say to you that when the Goliath season came to Saul, fortunately, there was a David. And so many Christians are waiting for a David. If you don't deal in your daily life with your relationship with God, you're going to end up hoping that there's a David calling someone on the phone, oh, pray for me. 
Oh, help me. Someone's got to have the answer for me. So here is the altar call this morning. Here is the challenge that I want to put before you. When the Goliath season happens, when he comes at you, child of God, today you can choose to pray for a David or you can choose to be a David. And the choice is yours. And we're going to have an altar call. You may, you may be standing up and standing up here saying, I am choosing to be a David. But the reality is, is that, the, that that dedication, that commitment that you expressed this morning really materializes tomorrow morning. When Monday morning grabs you and yanks you out of bed and the day begins, it's every day in the private areas of your life. The things in your life that you want to change, you wish would go away, how are you dealing with them right now? With what are you dealing with them? Well, I'm taking vitamins and, you know, we're trying to save some money and we're budgeting and we're doing, wonderful. I take vitamins too. Love them. Need them. Uh, money, budgeting, uh, you know, all these different things. Absolutely. Wisdom, all those things. But the one thing I cannot succeed without is my fellowship, pouring my heart out every day. That's what that fast, that 21-day fast we went through was all about. And so I'm appealing to you today, let the end of that 21 days be the end of the beginning of a new fasted life. Don't go back. Keep moving forward in your daily battles. Do it in Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to come. We've set up this table at, at, on January the 1st, and we put all these prayer requests. We call it our miracle table. And there's still several envelopes in which there are names and situations and conditions for which people are praying and interceding. Lost, unsafe people. I have no idea except the ones that I've put here what other people have, have put on the table. Some of the envelopes have been withdrawn and taken, which means the answers have come. And when the answer comes, we want to hear about it. We want the testimony. When the answer comes, come get your envelope. Take it off the table. Give thanks to the Lord for it. Keep it as a testimony of what God has done. But until that time, we're going to continue to gather and lay hands on these things and give the Lord praise and lift them up to Him. For we are looking to the Lord, not for a season. He is here now to bless and to minister and to help us. So if you would just bow your heads with me this morning, and I would like to give us an opportunity to make a personal decision in your, your own life about what you want to do with what you've just heard about private battles and public victories, because there's a direct connection. And so, Father, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit that you would touch hearts and um, that you would bring each and every one of us who are standing before you praying to a place of honesty and decision and conviction because we need it. Lord, otherwise we go to sleep and we just move in motion through our days. Wake us up. Father God, wake up our hearts, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus.
to make a commitment to lead a fasted life, to keep the flesh where it belongs serving us under our feet, to keep our spirit man on top, our fellowship with you foremost and primary, and to stop from time to time routinely and on regular basis to fast and turn aside and seek the Lord, to bring you back into prominence in our life. Deal with